Welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. I am your host, Tatiana Kasesinov. Gosh, can't even say my own name properly today. Anyway, my name's not important. The name that is important is the name of my wonderful guest, Dr. Michaela Schiefer, who I am absolutely delighted to have with me today. Michaela is a consultant gynecologist and has been working in the clinic and also in practice for over 15 years. She has a wealth of expertise and sees ladies on a daily basis with a variety of issues that are all concerned with women's health. The one area that I'd like to focus on a little bit today with Michaela is looking at the story of our hormones. As we all know, they kind of rule and dominate our lives one way or another. So first of all, Michaela, thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak to me today. I'm very pleased to be here and I'm very happy to talk to you. So one thing that is clear um, is that Michaela is actually from Germany. And one reason why I'm very interested in speaking to her is because in Germany, the approach to healthcare is sometimes a little less resistant to more, um, not only naturopathic, but maybe not quite such aggressive treatment. And so I think that's why it's a very interesting perspective to look at. So, Michaela, let's start off and actually look at the main issue that's often um, involved with hormones, which is, of course, menopause. Um, a lot of women, having actually managed to survive through puberty and all of that brings, <laughs> then have the problems of dealing with everything stopping instead of starting. So could you maybe, just so that we, we all understand what we're talking about, actually just briefly explain when those sorts of symptoms might start to arise, what those symptoms might be, perhaps for ladies who are wondering if that's what's going on with them at the moment? Yep. Okay. So um, maybe I start a little bit talking about what I'm doing. Uh, so normally the women come to my practice uh, on the basis of getting a pap smear or if they have problems in any uh, times during uh, uh, women's problems, like uh, young women, uh, women around uh, 35 or older with like uh, pre-menopausal symptoms, and uh, for sure the uh, very uh, uh, big group is uh, the women with menopause problems, uh, which can uh, uh, vary very, very much uh, from having nearly no problems at all to having a lot of problems. Um, uh, mostly it's something that, especially uh, in the beginning, like with um, around 40, some things can start where the women are not even sure that it can be related to uh, uh, to their hormone changes, um, like being a little more um, unconcentrated, like having um, uh, stiffness in, the, uh, in all the bones, uh, like having uh, periods of being sad, all these things could start very early and one has to be aware that this um, can uh, be part of uh, symptom complexes uh, that has to do with the hormones too. Um, the uh, problems can be mainly, um, uh, as I said, um, um, uh, muscle problems, bone problems, um, uh, depressive episodes, uh, heat flushes, uh, um, sleeping is bad, um, uh, partnership is bad, uh, like um, especially um, uh, the, the um, 
pain or uh, the, the less uh, um, amount of intercourse and pain with intercourse. It's a, a very big uh, issue in my uh, in my practice. Um, so it's just like what what is often what comes into my in my uh, practice for uh, consulting. Great. So. so um there's a whole load of things that we need to talk about there. So um, first of all, let's just talk about, um, I, I often hear the term um, perimenopause or premenopause. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, there are changes uh, in, in our hormone balance or uh, the normal uh, um, when you have gotten through puberty, then like the, the uh, normal cycle is that you have uh, in the first uh, 14 days, like the estrogen is rising and then uh, progesterone is uh, um, uh, getting along with it. Then they both drop. Then you have the, normally the egg jump and then uh, both uh, uh, hormones uh, go like um, uh, down again. And um, like this normal um uh, um, oh, yeah, this, this, uh, this is just a normal cycle with a, with an egg jump, with a bleeding and, uh, uh, like regular means around 28 days, eight days plus or minus. It can be also like 32 days if it's varying around that day. So regular doesn't mean always 28. So it can also be 32 or 35 if it's like, uh, always the same, uh, kind of the same. Um, then in um, a premenopause, it can start to change. The period can start to change. Uh, that there are less uh, um, egg jumps. Uh, that means that uh, the progesterone after the egg jump is not uh, um, always there. Uh, that is a problem uh, because with the progesterone that is produced from the like when the egg jump has uh, taken place, uh, the uh, the ovary gets a uh, so-called corpus luteum. It's a, like a progesterone-building cyst, um, and this progesterone helps you in the second phase of your cycle, uh, which like uh, uh, lets the endometrium stay, uh, makes you feel normally. Um, uh, well, uh, how do I say? Uh, normally, there's like a, a, a um, um, the, the part where you feel. Uh, quite okay, yeah. And then, uh, um, like a one week before the uh, period comes, the uh, uh, um, PMS. If someone has something like this, could start, which is might maybe related to a to an earlier drop down of the progesterone. Um, there are some symptoms, some 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 things in this complex, but it can be related to that. But if everything's normal, you you have not too many problems with your cycle, not too many pain, not too many um, premenstrual uh, problems. Only when you get into the age of 35 to 40, there can be these changes because the egg jump is not regular anymore, the progesterone is less, so you often get into a something that's called an estrogen excess. So you have. Um, uh, a lot of estrogen and less progesterone, uh, which can cause uh, two problems like less uh, sleep uh, ability, uh, um, being not so uh, um, feeling not so well in your body. Yeah, some like pain in the breast, uh, headaches, and all these things could occur. Okay, so you you said there that that the symptoms are often caused by an excess of estrogen. So is that I mean. 
that was something I mean we we talked about this not so long ago and I, I remember being quite surprised by that because we always assume that as menopause starts to kick in that everything actually just starts to go down um, mm-hmm. could you explain that a little bit better so that mm-hmm. maybe I can understand it better <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's, 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 uh, the nice part is the estrogen doesn't change so early. So the estrogen drop, uh, will be uh, later, like when you are in menopause, when you have no bleeding at all, then the estrogen starts to drop. But before it's, the estrogen is still on a, on a normal level, uh, but the, the, um, uh, the, uh, the corresponding uh, progesterone is missing. And that is uh, often the problem that you get uh, 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 like too much estrogen, which the body can't really use because the progesterone is like, uh, um, I don't know how you call it, key. Uh, um, so they work together. Uh, um, and if the progesterone is missing, the estrogen can't really do the job. So that is the problem why um uh, why the women get um a, a complex of uh, of their premenopausal problems uh, oh, yeah okay so what's the logic then if that's the case of when some women choose to go for hormone replacement therapy that you mm-hmm. then actually substitute back in estrogen as well surely uh, not just yet. progesterone <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah that's the funny part about it normally you Often, uh, uh, it's not necessary to, to uh, supplement the estrogen. So often it's just the progesterone that is needed to make the normal, um, active progesterone work again. So I don't, like, uh, uh, it's a, lock and key. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is, uh, uh, what is missing. And, uh, um, that's why normally, uh, you have to, um, to test, uh, what the progesterone is doing. And um, uh, the most effective uh, um, uh, way to do it is to uh, go over saliva, to, to do like smears from the uh, saliva to see uh, how the progesterone is working and how the estrogen is working. And you could also do it over blood. So in Germany, we often do it over blood, but it is uh, not that accurate. Um, so that the most accurate thing would to do it over uh, saliva, but that is in Germany something the normal uh, general insurance is not paying this kind of check. Test even the the blood uh, sample is uh, only with a with an indication you can do the blood uh, test, um, but uh, it would be um, uh, um, uh, um, very much. Uh, help to see uh, really how it's uh, um, uh, how you can if you have to treat uh, uh, how you can follow up the, the treatment that is working right um, because with the blood test it's, the blood test is far too slow yeah so you you uh, uh, you could not react on on uh, on if you treat uh, what you um, uh, whether the treatment is doing good or whether you are overdosing because often you just need smallest amounts of progesterone and um as maybe the listeners know uh, all the uh, uh, um, the gynecological treatments are now developing to go away from the synthetic uh, um produced um uh, hormones to the um bioidentical uh, um hormones which means they are um uh, like chemically the same structure as the progesterone that the body is building or like the estrogen that the body is building 
it's still um, manufactured, so it's uh, not something that has been taken out of an animal, like the same uh, thing. But it's it's uh, it's also uh, um, made in a laboratory, but it is uh, the same. So the the body can accept it much uh, um, easier, and the the problems that can occur, like the risk that we normally heard especially like 15 years ago where uh, a big woman's health um, study showed that the hormones are bad for the women because of uh, rising the risk of uh, breast cancer and uterus cancer, ovary cancer. So they, um, in the duration of the study, they stopped the whole program and uh, all the gynecological uh, treatment was um, changed because we were forced to take away the hormones. Uh, even uh, the women who really had a, a, a highly or have highly benefited from it, they um, had to be um, advised to not take it anymore. And now we are in the nice position to say we have something that is uh, not that harmful, nearly has no risks, uh, uh, because uh, like the problem of a stroke or a heart attack um, or even cancer is something that is that um, um, has nearly not to be discussed because it is uh, like the same that the body produces. Okay, so... And, um, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, then, uh, funny part about it that is like a renaissance right now so that, that we are now in the position because a big study is going on right now in cardiology that it is advised even or maybe not 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 yet really advised, but that it is showing that if you treat women uh, when they start not bleeding anymore, like around 50, when you start giving them progesterone, sometimes even estrogen. So it depends on whether they still have an estrogen um, excess there or if they don't have that. Um, uh, to 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 uh, to give the treatment uh, early to prevent. Uh, uh, to get plaques in the intima of the vessels and to prevent strokes and heart attacks and everything that is related to uh, vessel uh, um, um, changes. Okay, so that's a real 180 kind of like turnaround. Yeah. So from, from yeah. hormones are really, really bad and dangerous and give you cancer and all the rest of it to they can actually potentially be protective so we need to talk about that because that i think is an issue um which scares a lot of women they don't even want to entertain the idea of taking hrt or hormone replacement therapy because they are familiar with the old studies and very very scared about the negative effects so you say that that now um that that's not the case is is that purely simply because we've moved over to these bioidentical um uh, chemicals instead of the the old ones which were not so related to what we actually find in our bodies yeah the funny part is that it's uh, like in the 80s uh, uh, um, an american doctor dr john lee he already um introduced the um uh, um bioidentical progesterone. So uh, he's like uh, uh, one of the fathers of this idea, but it was uh, not really interesting for the uh, big pharmaceutical companies to uh, get into studies there because um, there is no money to be made. And uh, that's um, something that is really um, uh, hard to understand because you think if it's a benefit for the women, you should uh, go for it and you should 
uh, like uh, make it uh, um, uh, available and and um, giving the information to every woman in this world to maybe um, get less problems in their pre or menopause uh, um, uh, period, but it, that was not the case. So he he was um, um, he made studies and uh, um, it is well known that there there has always been that option and that he. he introduced this um, uh, like estrogen excess and this progesterone going down earlier and this um, being the cause of a lot of problems that is long known uh, uh, but it has made no effect for the uh, pharmacy and they decided to go like another way with uh, treating not only progesterone uh, uh, but to treat with um, uh, uh, with progestin and uh, estrogen uh, in a synthetic basis. Yeah. Right, because the original it, stuff used to be extracted from horse urine and, and things too. Uh, also, yes. Even had, male horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, uh, that's, uh, that's so nice because it, especially this um, 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 product, uh, you never knew which was in one tablet, uh, how, how uh, high the amount of estrogen was in that tablet. That's a funny thing. So because of the urine that it was extracted from, it was not really, that you could say it's exactly that amount. So the, the women, had, uh, it was even hard to make studies with it, this kind of um, product because it was not the same in every tablet. Uh, uh, but often women uh, profited from it. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it was given to many, many women. Huh? Um, uh, uh, but, uh, nowadays we try to get away from these kinds of medication, especially because they are Often given um, systemic, so you, you you have to swallow them, uh, and they do have to go through your bowels. They have to go through your liver. So there are a lot of side effects that um, uh, women are often um, uh, aware now that they are not good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that it's really liver problems that they. Uh, um, that they profit a little bit from the synthetic hormones, but they have a lot of problems too because the side effects are uh, very bad. And that is the good part about the bioidentical ones. They uh, have uh, uh, nearly no side effects. The only thing is that one has to be a little more uh, in contact with the doctor who is treating uh, yourself because it's something that you have sometimes to change the doses. So you you start very low you have to work with uh, drug holidays so that sometimes you really uh, you are not treating just to make the receptor um, um, uh, get on again. So it's something you have to be more in contact with your doctor to see what is good for you. And um, maybe sometimes after three months feeling perfect, uh, you feel, oh, now maybe I need more yeah, of the, of the bioidentical progesterone. Um, but it's not always the case. So uh, it's uh, um, then you have to go over saliva and see whether it's uh, it's really necessary, or maybe you even have to go down, or you have to make a break of like a few days, and then you start again, and it's uh, the same effect like before. Okay, fascinating. So if I understand you correctly, then then the sort of logical course of treatment would be that a, that a woman who is perhaps beginning to have symptoms but is still having an ovulation, still having a cycle, would start with progesterone. And then only when she actually becomes fully menopausal and stops bleeding, would you then start to introduce and ramp up the estrogen? Is that correct or is that too oversimplified? 
No, it's, it's kind of correct, but the the um, uh, the other question is: Do I really treat um, everyone because of the symptoms? So maybe we have to get the the, the um, symptom package close. So it, it's uh, uh, um, the the hormone treatment is for me later. It first comes a very intense um, uh, um, history of what the uh, woman is um, going through. So um, the changes in that part of your uh, life are uh, sometimes um, uh, in combination with the puberty of the children, um, the change of your own um, job uh, uh, what you are doing, like um, end of your own career, maybe no perspective, changes in your mind that you maybe don't want to work like the next 20 years in that same job. Often the partnerships um, go separate ways um, because the, um, the men are going through kind of a menopause too, but for them it's often different. So they go into career and into doing their own thing. And for the women, it is uh, the the case that they are still um, um, feeling responsible for family, for partnership, for children, and often forgetting that uh, um, the own uh, person is uh, um, suffering, so that they haven't uh, found the right way to treat themselves good, uh, to to uh, to um, think what is really. Uh, uh, what is this whole family and caring and uh, um, um, and putting your own uh, like ideas, dreams, and so on uh, always uh, um, beside or or behind you? Uh, that uh, um, it doesn't help you uh, to uh, to deal with the changes that the body is going through. Yeah, like the body is changing, so you're not that fit anymore. Sometimes concentration problems. You uh, you are feeling that um, um, that you're maybe not that attractive anymore. Some wrinkles here and there. So you 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 have to start this whole changing process also with uh, being aware of uh, um, um, uh, of, of uh, your own of of your person that is behind all this. Uh, uh, that it's not um, that it's not only the hormones that make you change. Yeah? It's, it's, a, it's a whole combination of changes in that life period. And when you think about, like, uh, when I think of my aunts, when they were around 50, 55, they were old women. Yeah? They, they, they looked like old women and they, they behaved like old women. Yeah? And um, nowadays, when you are around 50, you have to be young, attractive, you have to make a nice career, your family has to be perfectly working. Uh, when you go out of the house, you have to look fit and, and uh, you have to, to, yeah, you have, you have to function, yeah, kind of, kind of functioning. And that is, uh, uh, something that, um, um, that is a part of my, uh, my practice to find out where are the problems. Oh, oh, oh. what is the, the the worst that is going on for them? Is it really the hot flushes? Yeah? Or is it more the change that is going on? Yeah, they're, they're uh, not feeling well in your own body anymore. Yeah? 
um, is the, the feeling sad part? Is it only because the hormones are changing or is it because you can't uh, do anything with your husband anymore because you, you don't even find uh, a, a hobby together? Yeah, You can't even talk about the same things because everyone is developing differently and uh, uh, that is painful, yeah, to see that, uh, like, um, uh, the whole, the whole, uh, family situation is changing or, or the kids are leaving the house, yeah, so the emptiness syndrome. So you, you stay there and think, okay, now I spent all my life to, to raise them and here I am and, and I'm getting old, yeah, so that's a, that's a big, uh, um, a big, big issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we are I kind of all go through, uh, uh, these changes and, um, uh, and, um, uh, uh, looking more for yourself is something that women have not really learned, uh, to, to care about what's doing you good, to, uh, to accept yourself the way you are and the way you are changing. To, um, to find, uh, um, um, like, uh, 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 something that you are really burning for, yeah, to, 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 if it's a job or if it's a hobby or is it something that you really do just for yourself, um, and, and not to, to make your kids happy or your husband happy, um, that would be something that we have to get more out of the women. Um, and I really see a lot in my practice that, uh, women between, 45 and 55, they are changing completely. They are changing their lives. They are sometimes even changing their partnerships, often changing their careers, very often changing their careers because they just feel that everything before they made a very good job. Yeah. They often worked really very, very hard on their career, but then they see for whom did I do this? Was it really what I'm, I was, um, uh, what I really want to do the next 20 years, what I really, what I'm still burning for, yeah? or was it something I was like, um, pushed in or I was like, um, it was like, uh, yeah, it's also for, uh, for sure about the money, but, um, it's, uh, um, on the other hand, this often goes a little bit back. You, you are not that, uh, much more struggling for it's only about the money. You want to be satisfied. You want to be happy. You want to like where, uh, when you get up in the morning, uh, you want to like the day that is coming, uh, um, that that's starting yeah you want to like that day and that, that is um a very big thing i'm trying to to put into my uh, um, advisories uh, to to care about yourself more and and not only to to get help from a gynecologist uh, um, uh, getting rid of the symptoms the symptoms are only the one thing like um the, the uh, less good sleep the hot flushes that is something if you are really confident with yourself, you could even deal with all those problems, even if there is help, yeah, even if you can, uh, uh, and if, if it's really, um, uh, if you can't sleep anymore at all, you have to do something, yeah. Um, uh, but still it is, uh, uh, um, mostly about, uh, um, starting to love yourself more, starting to, uh, to feel well, uh, for your own and, uh, surprisingly, uh, when you feel uh, confident with yourself, uh, uh, your surrounding is getting different too. 
Hallelujah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, that is in a lot of uh, uh, life phases like that. So like for the uh, a lot of women who just delivered their first baby. So they, they sit at home, baby's crying. Uh, they have so much pressure on them. And they don't realize often that if they start to 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 like this um this part of life they are living in now that they like uh, that it's not every day a hundred percent perfect it's just not perfect yeah if they start liking that and and um uh, and start to uh, to um be happy with what they do then everything goes a lot easier yeah um the child is maybe not crying that much anymore the husband is more um, happy because the woman is not suffering so much. So it's it, uh, often uh, we in Germany often say, if mommy is happy, the rest is happy. Yeah. So you have to do a lot for yourself to make yourself happy because there's nearly no one there who will do that for you. Yeah. The husbands often can't do it because they live in their own. Uh, yeah. Maybe a changing situation too. Um, the children they can. They can make you happy, but they are not responsible for that. Um, that uh, um, that they make you happy. Yeah, they, that what they do can make you happy, and the, uh, to have them is perfect. But uh, they are not responsible for your happiness. So you you yourself have to do a lot, and that is often what makes uh, my uh, um, uh, my day so so interesting. Yeah, to to filter out a little bit more what is the main problem. And I often have women coming in, they say, everything's fine. Everything's perfect. And then we go for uh, examination and I do the cancer smear. And then my routine questions are the things like bleeding after intercourse or pain at intercourse. And sometimes women start crying on the chair because it's sometimes for me a door opener to see that there are some problems going on. And then often over these routine questions, uh, you see that there are the changes in the body, that some things are not that easy anymore. Yeah? That uh, um, uh, even these simple things like a dry vagina is leading to a much bigger problem that, that uh, um, um, sexuality can't be lived anymore or that, they, that there is um, getting a big gap between the, the partners because the woman is uh, feeling pain and doesn't really uh, um, uh, want to, uh, um, yeah, doesn't want to uh, be together with her husband for for her uh, own uh, uh, protection, to be honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, um, using uh, or or being open about that, there is help. Yeah, so it's not something that has to lead to uh, to um, uh, uh, not enjoying partnership anymore. It's really interesting, actually, because I, I recently um, was was reading some information from Esther Perel. She's a she's one of the mm -hmm. leading relationship psychologists in America. I love her. She's just so brilliant and has some really innovative ideas. But she herself often says that actually a lot of people are not aware that one of the leading um, or the, one of the biggest rates of divorce happens exactly around that time, sort of like in the mm -hmm. 50s. And it's actually much more initiated by women than men. Mm -hmm. And I think that that mm -hmm. completely echoes what you've just said, that, that women go through that period of change where they not only 
are physically changing, but everything is changing. So how do we deal with that? I mean, is, is, uh, is women's health of the future? Should it be the gynecologist plus the therapist or the counselor? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it would be uh, uh, nice that the uh, uh, gynecologist uh, has a big part uh, in in that um, uh, changing time. But not because, they only have uh, seven minutes to see their patients, which is often the case. That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, that's the case. Like the normal time in Germany is 10 to 15 minutes. And um, to be honest, that is often, especially when you... When you start with, um, uh, uh, like, as I said, when someone is starting crying on my uh, gynecological chair, I can't look on my watch and say, okay, well, we have still five minutes. Let's go uh, through this. That is not possible. So one, uh, I think it's, um, uh, it's necessary to take some time. It's not always that you have to, uh, uh, like, talk an hour with the woman. It's sometimes just to get on the first date. Uh, some first informations that things are normal, that changes are normal, that um, one has to uh, um, to uh, to look more after the body, that one has to, um, to to be more aware that changes are good and not negative, that uh, changes have always um, the the perspective that one is able to to like um, uh, develop new new ideas, uh, that one is able to. To, to change, yeah, and change is um, sometimes frightening, but it is uh, in that time, uh, women are very, very aware that a change is necessary, and that that's why they often do change themselves, yeah. It's but it is um, as always when when something new is coming up, uh, it it makes you um, uh, uh, insecure, and uh, uh, it it. Often um, you you often need someone to help you guide you through that time, and that would be great if it would be a gynecologist or uh, um, um, uh, psychiatrist or whatever. But without often without medication, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so uh, um, premenopause or menopause are seldom that they really necessarily have to be treated with hormones. Sometimes it's just to get a little better sleep that can be uh, done with. Um, herbal extracts and so on so if that problem can be managed then a lot of things get better too because good sleep like six to eight hours would be perfect to start the next day um, uh, um, uh, calm and and um, full of energy yeah but uh, if sleep is getting bad that is always yeah something one has to to uh, be aware of and uh, a very big point where i start to do also blood samples or or send them to saliva uh, uh, um, uh, samples is when they uh, get are getting depressed so when it's really uh, 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 when they are not meeting with friends anymore when every weekend trip is getting to like a, a real problem like getting the bag packed for the weekend yeah so when you think monday it's not possible to be there on friday at the train with a packed bag and then you 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 can see that this woman is really suffering yeah? because there there are like uh, um, so many um um, like so many uh, big hills in front of them that they are that they think that they can't uh, overcome, and then I really uh, often think uh, 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 starting a hormonal treatment with bioidentical hormones is uh, very indicated because mm -hmm. then with herbs with a time. Uh, 
episode of three months uh, until it's, it might uh, lead to progress because the herbs always take a time. Uh, that is too, too long for me. Then I really go for the, uh, even sometimes even without the blood sample, I, I start treating and see that they get over this. And then we go into like talking, uh, maybe um, uh, seeing how long they, they need the treatment because sometimes it's only half a year or a year and then you can go uh, either on with very low dose, often over the skin like a gel or, um, uh, or uh, like a cream uh, or uh, um, uh, like a pump spray or something like that and they can do that by themselves and some, sometimes even adjusting it by themselves, which is perfect. Right. Again, that every every question always opens up a whole lot more questions. But just to just to go back there a little bit, just to the hormone issue, um, mm-hmm. there is there is now a movement I've noticed myself um, that that a lot of these estrogen preparations are now available, as you said, over the skin. Is is there is that just an ease of use thing, or is there actually a kind of a scientific um, background to that that it's more effective, less dangerous, whatever? Mm-hmm. Exactly, these two, like it's uh, less dangerous because it is going from the skin directly to uh, the blood vessels and then directly to all like the, the um, regions where it is, uh, um, um, it is used. Um, so uh, one, uh, um, one tries to go with um, these medications now always over the skin because you reduce the uh, the harmful situation in the liver, like the first pass effect, uh, you overcome that, and only in the like second clearance it goes over the liver, but it's uh, it's, it's less harmful for uh, the rest of the body, and um, uh, uh, like the the um, uh, the risks uh, are uh, especially the ones uh, that uh, lead to a stroke and. Uh, um, uh, heart attack and so on. So all these uh, cardiovascular uh, problems. Okay. Yeah. Osteoporosis is a uh, is a big issue. Like um, a lot of uh, uh, women that come into my practice, they they are worried about osteoporosis. Like with family hi- uh, history, there is one thing where I always um, have to keep in mind that there is like family. Uh, um, uh, um, history, so I have to send them uh, also to a radiologist to see where they are really in danger. Uh, but I uh, have uh, um, patients that are um, um, like uh, menopausal, they are very, very skinny. Yeah? Then I have to be aware of that uh, uh, problem too, because um, like uh, the body normally can produce uh, over the um, uh, um, uh, the fat cells, uh, the body produces new estrogen all by itself. Mm-hmm. So that's why often the estrogen has not to be supplemented because right. often the body can produce a lo- uh, uh, the high enough amount for protection of the bones and so on by itself. But with very skinny patients, you have to be aware that this progress is maybe uh, uh, not working and they are uh, in more danger for, um, for osteoporosis. Yeah, so um, that is, um, uh, it's not uh, like in Germany, it's not allowed to give estrogen, for example, only because of um, of, uh, um, of uh, osteoporosis that might occur. Um, uh, it's only allowed to give in, in uh, with like really uh, uh, climacterial uh, symptoms. 
Right. But it's something right. one has to be like looking on. Uh, and um, as I said, with the bioidentical uh, supplements, it's often when you go with the progesterone in, not leading to problems, uh, but the, the uh, estrogen uh, could lead to, to vessel problems. Right, right. The flip side of, of that is, is maybe also interesting. I mean, is there an increased risk factor for women who are perhaps overweight, seeing as these, these hormones are intrinsically fat soluble and even produced by fat cells, as you said? So is that an issue for general health for a woman considering taking hormone substitution? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so with um, uh, like uh, women, uh, well, um, there's like the the women that is uh, a little overweight. That is even good. Yeah, mm-hmm. for them it's much easier to go through these uh, pre or menopausal uh, um, um, problems. Or often it is more easy because the the body produces um, more this uh, the um, uh, the skin is uh, not wrinkling so much and so on so they they have some um, parts that are kind of nice yeah? but when it comes to um, obesity then uh, uh, the this part could lead to high blood pressure uh, and uh, all the risks that uh, are from the cardiovascular side yes mm-hmm. right okay there's something to yeah. take into consideration so if if some of the new studies, though, are actually kind of indicating that the hormone replacement therapy may actually even be beneficial in terms of long-term overall health, um, how how does that, you know, what, what, what position do you take on that? Because, I mean, there are going to be women who come in and say, mm-hmm. I want to stay looking young. I want to protect my other parts of whatever, be it blood vessels or bones or whatever. And I want to take hormone replacement therapy as a, as a kind of a youth serum and as a protective for the future. What, what are your feelings about that? Okay. Uh, well, uh, that's, not so easy to answer because on the one hand, I would uh, say um, if it's only uh, for the use of um, looking younger um, or like appearing younger, like only the, the optical part, I'm, um, yeah, I, I honestly have a problem with it. But uh, uh, if you are thinking about like the new results that you um, might have a, a big benefit in preventing uh, uh, strokes. Even they discussed that it could prevent like Alzheimer's or uh, dementia processes, that it could be a benefit on that one. That is something I really think is if that comes out at the end of the studies um, uh, and it is really like uh, um, by the legal part allowed to do that, I would honestly uh, uh, tell the women about it and tell that there is a, uh, what the beneficial part about it um, is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, still keeping in mind that it, uh, it's like a, 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 a like the uh, anti-aging medicine, which is like um, since the last uh, 20 years, there, there's a lot going on with uh, with um, uh, um, uh, to, uh, with with giving the women what they want, yeah. So, so uh, like a, a medicine that is on demand. Yeah? I, I want that, and I want to look young, and I don't want to have wrinkles on my skin, and so on. So it, it's leading to a 
uh, to a kind of a medicine that is not something to um, uh, to help and to heal. It is a medicine that is, well, in the good part, it's for preventing. In the bad part, it's just for, uh, uh, like, uh, fitting in uh, our um, uh, maybe uh, only on the outside looking uh, um, society. Right. Uh, yeah. Like with uh, Botox injections and uh, all these, that is like, uh, uh, also an intervention, yeah. Also taking pills for something is an intervention that, uh, even if the side effects, especially with the bioidentical hormones are, um, not, uh, uh, not something that I have to be really worried about, but still it is, uh, a medication where you, where you think, should I do that? Yeah? Right. Yeah, well, it's, it really, I mean, it's still a medication, right? Isn't it? Without yeah, it's still, it's still a medication, and well, we could discuss about: is it normal that the body is changing? Is it normal that the hormones have to go down? Do we have to live with that? Like, uh, uh, well, we are, uh, uh, as I said, we are right now with being fifty. You have to behave like forty. Yeah, uh, so um, uh, that is something. Do we want to go with the trend? Yeah, do we? Um, um, yeah. Uh, one has to think about that for oneself and right now it's still as i said not um it's not on uh, on the safe side so i i would on uh, now nowadays i wouldn't uh, treat someone just because of uh, the um, uh, the maybe benefit right uh, right uh, but if the studies which will go on like you now in the cardiology i think for another 3 years if that is really um, showing that that uh, the women between 50 and like uh, 60, yeah, if they really would have a big profit of this, then one should really uh, um, inform and uh, and uh, tell them that it is good. Right. Yeah, that it's, uh, but uh, we we like uh, um, one thing we haven't talked about yet is uh, that, that like this is uh, the, the prevention thing for maybe cancer and stroke but uh, a much bigger issue about that time is that a lot of women gain weight in that uh, menopausal um, uh, uh, time and that uh, the, uh, that they have to um, adjust their living style too so that they uh, not only can ask for what is maybe on the hormone part that can help me but uh, that they have to look for what they can do better for their uh, um, for their body for keeping the muscles, um, which helps to prevent that if they uh, later uh, have a fall, uh, have like a, a hip uh, uh, fracture or something like that. So we have to treat that part, or, or, or we have to inform about that part a lot more too. So you're talking about exercise, nutrition, general kind of lifestyle changes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they, they always have to go uh, parallel in uh, advising. So we we talk a lot about hormones, but that is something that has to be necessarily done by whoever uh, to to uh, inform about all the other lifestyle uh, things that we have to. Um, I know not lifestyle that all the uh, life uh, changes that the body does normally. We have to um, uh, have to. Uh, um, 
be 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 very cautious with our body because we have only this one. Exactly, yeah, exactly. In the UK, it's not uncommon for some women to also re- receive testosterone as a substitution. Now, I, I know that that's not the case in Germany, but but mm-hmm. rationalize that because for most women, they would say, "Well, wait a minute, testosterone is a male hormone. What do I need it for?" Yeah, um, uh, there are studies about the testosterone and the libido. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, uh, the libido often goes uh, down in that uh, process, and um, uh, the uh, testosterone given, uh, for example, vaginally, could help uh, to um, uh, to rise libido. Mm-hmm. Does that? But also... it's not uh, in Germany. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, in Germany, we we are um, maybe the uh, urologist uh, inform more, in, because we often have here that the like um, um, the, uh, the urologists have like a, um, a special um, information uh, for couples uh, to to inform them about all these problems, like sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction, and also like the the libido of men and uh, women, which is for men often easy to achieve about um, with a with a Viagra, but for um, for women it's sometimes that they they also treat the women in that part. Um, but uh, in in my practice, I never uh, use uh, testosterone, even if I know that it could be beneficial. Yeah. Right, right. That leads us on, of course, to the next part of the conversation, which is that there are some things you, you talked about herbs earlier on. There's a lot of natural things that one can do to support oneself through that process. Could you maybe mm-hmm. talk about a few of those things and what they will be useful for and how effective they are? Okay. Uh, so in general, one has to say uh, if you do herbal treatment, um, it takes longer. Yeah. So, um, and um, uh, if I start, I always uh, tell my patients, uh, try to use it for three months. And if it doesn't work, stop. And if it works, we can, we could continue. So there is like Agnus Castus, uh, which is often when you have these um, PMS or the um, uh, changing uh, of the cycle rhythm, uh, then uh, we often work with uh, um, uh, uh, Vitex Agnus Castus, which is like with globally or uh, in tablet uh, form, where you can regulate uh, the cycle uh, mm-hmm. more. Um, it has like a kind of a progesterone um, effect. Yeah, so that the the uh, the, the um, second part of the cycle is not shortening so much. Yeah, because often in the uh, premenopause the cycle gets shorter, uh, and uh, uh, that means that the women bleed like every 21 to uh, 24 days, which is very exhausting. Yeah? Uh, so it's a the vitex agnus cast, or it's a simitifuga. I'm not sure how it's Traubensilberkerze. Uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll look for those of you who who are smart enough to have become a London Heal Insider and get extended podcast notes. Well, um, I'll make a point of looking up all of these things, the uh, the plant names, and, and putting them in the in the list. So, can you yeah, just sorry, run, that run one that one by me again? That last uh, one. Simifuga. Simifuga. I, I'll send okay. you later. Simifuga, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, rhabarba is uh, rhabarba. Uh, Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it is very much for uh, hot flushes, Mm -hmm. Um, works very good for hot flushes. So that are the three that I start with, Uh, not not together, but uh, separately. So often when the rhythm is changing, I go for the Vitex Actus Castus. 
Um, if the hot flushes are uh, the main problem, then I go for the rhubarb, which is, as I said, very effective. And if the um, um, uh, uh, night sleep is the most uh, um, yeah, the, the, the biggest problem, then it's uh, aldrian or uh, lavender. Valerian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is uh, uh, what I introduced then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what was the second one? So valerian and? And lavender, lavender, oh, la lavender, lavender, yeah, yeah, that gives you better sleep and makes you like uh, less nervous, less, uh, yeah. What about um, things like St. John's Wort, so Johannes Kraut, because I know that that is definitely used in order to help raise mood and, and adjust sort of, mm -hmm. but, but that has quite an intensive interaction with estrogen. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Could you maybe just address that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, uh, with uh, uh, um, uh, well, we often combine uh, this with the timitifuga, uh, uh, for example, mm -hmm. so that you have like the effect uh, on the um, psychic part, yeah, for for sleep and uh, relaxation and so on. And the timitifuga works for the uh, for the irregular cycle. Yeah, so we often combine this, but when you do it, uh, uh, you always have to keep in mind that it shouldn't be underdosed, uh, because uh, only with a level of uh, 900 milligram you really uh, reach that you have a, a, a real benefit in your uh, psychic situation. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's a problem about uh, that medication. If you underdose it, it's really not uh, uh, getting to any uh, any results. Um, right, but you you um, can't take that together with estrogen, can you? Uh, well, theoretically, you could uh, take that together with estrogen. Yes. Doesn't it have an effect, though? I remember think um, here reading somewhere. Yeah, but yes, uh, it uh, um, uh, the the problem is that it reduces if you give an estrogen on top, it reduces the amount of estrogen that is taken by the body, so it might reduce it to the half. Yeah. Right. So you. If you then would take uh, like uh, um, um, any other hormones, also the progesterone, it uh, would reduce uh, what comes, um, uh, what is used by the body of the hormones. Okay. Like, so uh, that's... We, we sometimes have the, the problem like young women um, having uh, um, like slight depression. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So they they are often. Um, uh, they they asked me about whether one could combine these two, like an, uh, uh, a contraceptive pill, and uh, so. And then I said, well, uh, the problem is then the contraceptive uh, is not working uh, right. So that is always what is written. Uh, that's uh, one of the only um, uh, herbal things where I have really to to inform that a lot of medication is then not uh, um, uh, not reaching. The amounts of uh, um, of what is necessary to do a, um, a contraceptive to to stop the ovulation. Yeah. Right, right. Wow, fascinating. So, mm -hmm. for ladies out there taking St John's Wort in order to um, alleviate any depression or whatever symptoms, be aware of the fact that it it does actually depress the efficiency or efficacy or work um, mm -hmm. of of any hormones that you might be taking. Yeah. Michaela, I really wanted to talk about so many more subjects. Um, you, you have to come back and we'll have yeah. to then talk about, you know, all of the things to do with, with the hormone problems for puberty and in, for okay. young women 
and also the whole subject of, of pregnancy. It's, it's a women's health is a huge issue and it's, and it's sadly not really addressed as it much as it should be. So it's a very important subject to me. And I really, really appreciate you coming on today. And at least we make a bit of a start in talking about hormone treatment with menopause. Is there something like a take home message that you would, that's very dear to your heart that you would like to pass on to people out there listening? Um, I think the, the words that you said about looking at other aspects of your life were huge, uh, really huge. Um, but in your years of practice of, of looking after all these lovely ladies, what, what would be your one biggest word of advice? Okay, the one biggest word, um, open up to your doctor and find someone uh, that you are uh, confident with so that you really get help during that time and uh, keep in mind that uh, um, quite a big part of it is your own responsibility too but when you when you uh, feel that it's uh, that you need help open up to your doctor and uh, and um, let them help you in the one or the other way it's not always medication it's sometimes just guiding helping telling what is normal and what is not normal uh, and um, the varieties of problems can be very wide, but the, uh, uh, to, to uh, introduce them as something that is in a process and that will change and that will lead to a very positive um, effect of uh, um, uh, that your body is getting to a um, um, uh, to uh, like a, um, a fulfillment uh, that is very uh, very. Um, uh, good, yeah. That like around sixty, a lot of problems are gone. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So uh, that you always uh, uh, keep focused on it will be leading to something good. And I'm not wrong in my body. I'm very right, but I have to accept some things. And and uh, if I need help, get help from a doctor. Too. Wonderful advice. Yeah, it's also a very different situation in the UK because here a lot of women that will actually firstly go to their GP. Um, they don't actually visit a gynecologist unless there's something mm -hmm. actually pathological. I actually think that, that, um, that a gynecological, um, uh, person that one could have as a as a trusted physician would be a very good thing for women perhaps perhaps one should think about that a bit more in the uk mia yeah. thank you so much i always have three very little question uh, quick questions that i always finish up every interview with and um that's because london heal is all about mind body spirit medicine working in concert with your body and who you are and not against it totally echoed by what you just said by the way thank you <laughs> so um i like to embody that idea in the idea of health happiness and serenity so for you personally what does the word health mean how, how do you define that word well um for me health means that my body and my mind are um are working nicely together and that i am um, mostly, um, um, well, able to do what, uh, what I want to do, like with, with my body, with like, yeah. So that's for me, yeah. mind and body working nicely together. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And what about happiness? What does Michaela do to get happy? What makes you happy? Okay. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things. 
things that make me happy, like talking with you, makes me very happy. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it's um, the, the the tiny little things that make me happy, like um, sunshine, uh, um, uh, seeing um, happy people on the street, uh, uh, driving along a road uh, with no traffic jam. So they are like these little things that uh, make me happy, or. Uh, yeah, uh, seeing a flower bloom. So I'm. Uh, I, I don't need, need uh, uh, big things. I, I'm just. Uh, I love the, the little things that um, uh, that that I see. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Those are always the most precious and the easiest to find if you if you bother to pay attention for them. What about serenity um, in this crazy world that we live in, which is kind of, you know, 100% full on all of the time. We know how bad stress is for our for our physical and mental health. I always think it's so important to try and adopt a practice which allows you to find a bit of serenity. I always call it turning down the noise. Is there a practice that you follow or things that you do to give yourself a little bit of time out every day, a little bit of turning down the noise? Well, um, I um, made myself time where I... uh, uh, no, it, well, it's, it's not that easy to be honest. So uh, normally, I would say serenity is for me not worrying so much. Yeah, not not always thinking things will turn out bad or will uh, lead to something not good. So um, I uh, try in these moments of happiness, like sitting in the car enjoying a ride. So I, I make myself feel that uh, there are a lot of things going on in my life, but I. I'm not always forced to look at them and and always uh, also uh, and already um, put them into um, uh, like drawers and say this is good this is bad and or uh, this I have to do immediately or something to to um, get a little bit uh, away from this and enjoy the moment and uh, I, I um, tell myself stop worrying because worrying leads to nothing it makes my day bad it uh, um uh, it makes everything grayer and i i'm i love sunshine i love blue sky so for me it's uh, yeah that's what i implement and it's it's uh, um i i uh, try to do some medic- meditation which i started recently uh, and it's still <laughs> kind of um, uh, a progress that I'm in, uh, but uh, that helps me too to focus more on uh, what I feel on the inside and uh, let the outside problems stay away. But I'm still in a, in, a, uh, in a beginner state, to be honest. I think it's wonderful that you've begun. Definitely help you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah, I count on you. <laughs> All very, very wonderful um, advice. Again, Michaela, thank you so much. Please keep doing what you're doing. I very much honor your work. I, I love your approach. Um, you're not only a very, very gifted physician, but you're also a wonderful human being. And you really, really love and care for your patients. And I think they all know that. And there should be more of you around. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure talking to you. And I hope that uh, maybe there's uh, the one or the other woman that says, oh, maybe I I have to just uh, get uh, more responsible for my life and look more after myself. And even if there are some body changes, accept them as something positive. Change is something really positive. 
fabulous advice. Once again, many, many thanks, and we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye, Tatiana. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. So, dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Um, Dr. Michaela Schaefer is, as I said, an absolutely extraordinary doctor and also a, a wonderful human being and is extremely motivated to support and help women through all aspects of their lives. Um, as I mentioned, in the UK, it's a little different. We don't actually get to go directly to a gynecologist um, with any of our problems. Our first port of call is our GP. But Michaela's advice was also very valid there, which is try and find a doctor that helps you, supports and listens, even with their limited options of time and resources. Um, there is help out there. Uh, either hormonal or um, perhaps more in a therapeutic and counseling context. So I hope that you got as much out of that as I did. I thought it was a really useful interview. And of course, we're definitely going to have her back because there's so many other topics that are to do with women's health that we really need to talk about at some point. So if you did enjoy that episode, then please rate, review us on iTunes and um, subscribe, of course. Check us out over on our Facebook page and like that too. That would be very wonderful. We could always do with the support. And if you would like to have extended show notes, if there are things where you're finding there are too many details and you're missing them and you'd like to have that information to hand, then you can do that very easily by becoming a London Healer Insider over at londonheal.com, sign up to the mailing list and receive extended show notes with all the links to the new episode every week or as the episodes are released. We um, always want to bring you the best um, of everything here and the most useful information. And in order to do that, sometimes I have to go off and spend some time talking to people. As you know, I've been to lots of meetings and things recently. And in order to actually kind of recharge my own batteries, um, I may be actually taking a week or two off. So if London Heal does not drop into your mailbox next week, please don't be surprised. We're not going anywhere. It may be just a short pause. Um, would very much try and organize it. If it doesn't work out, it will be back very, very soon. We are definitely not going anywhere. And so until then, that just leaves me, as always, to wish you, from the bottom of my heart, health, happiness, and serenity. <laughs>